0: I'm glad to be back in the pulpit here. I hate being away, but I do want to say publicly I appreciate so much Brother Eddie Oates and the uh, wonderful message he brought Wednesday night and a dear friend of ours and Uh, Certainly be praying for him, and he pastors another church here in town. He's become a very dear friend over the last several months, and uh, so appreciate his willingness to be on hand when I'm not able to be here, and to be able to preach, and uh, just a a kindred spirit, I think, in a lot of ways, and certainly appreciate his servant's heart. Uh, Let's uh, look in Romans chapter 1. We'll begin reading in verse number 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ... By the way, can I just stop there for a moment and say this? That probably one of the greatest titles that any man that wrote Scripture could ever uh, be given is the title of servant. Uh, I love the title of apostle. I like that idea that they are, they're preachers of the gospel. I'm thankful that Peter is a pastor. And, uh, I'm thankful for all of those things. But I think there's no greater title than to be bestowed on somebody and the title of a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. My dad years ago used to make a statement. I, I didn't understand it when, as much when I was younger, I guess. But he said, you know, the the God doesn't need more missionaries and He doesn't need more pastors. He doesn't need more Christian school teachers and evangelists. He said, what God needs are some more servants. And I thought, boy, what a wonderful thought. And a lot of people uh, take on a role in Christian service because they want the the affluence that comes with it or the title or the the respect or uh, the, the great amount of wealth that comes from being in ministry. Uh, yes, those of you who have been there know what I'm talking about. The wonderful wealth that comes through ministry. But the truth is, uh, there is no greater or more noble title to be given to somebody than to just be a servant. And you can do that whether you sit in the pew of a church or stand behind a pulpit. And is one of the greatest positions I think a Christian can ever get into the place of. Paul says this. He says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. And so we see three things that Paul gives here as a confirmation that Christ was who He said He was. He said, first of all, verse number 4, that He was declared with power, and there certainly was might in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ as we see supernatural miracles given. He says, according to the Spirit of holiness, He was perfect. Never a man has been holy as the Lord Jesus Christ was holy. And then he says, by the resurrection from the dead. If none of the others would convince us, certainly the resurrection from the dead would. He was the Son of God. He was not a great prophet. He was not a great missionary. He was not a great uh, uh, servant or an apostle. He was the Son of God Himself. And what a wonderful proof that that Paul lays here in verse number 4. By whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith Among all nations for his name, among whom also ye, among whom are ye also the called of Christ, Jesus, uh, of Jesus Christ, excuse me. Let me read that verse 6 again. Among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ? To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness who I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end that you may be established. That is, that it may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and and me. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oft times I proposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto. That I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To every one that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Father, we do pray that You would bless the message this morning and speak to our hearts. Lord, help us to grow in the areas that we need to grow in. May You illuminate some truth from Your Word that will stretch our faith and cause us to reach out and to press toward a mark. Lord, I pray that You would help us to be diligently striving to become more and more of what we ought to be for You. To be able to be pleasing to You by way of our testimony. To be able to reach people with the Gospel by way of our service. Lord, I pray that You would help us to have such a heart as the Apostle Paul. May we learn to draw closer to You each and every moment of each and every day. May we be more selfless, more pressing to serve You and looking for ways to do more for You each and every day that we live. With every breath that we take, Lord, may we seek to be more useful and more productive for You. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I like what Paul says here as he lays out his credentials in verses 1 and 2, and he speaks of the fact that he was called by the Lord Jesus Christ to be an apostle. I'm thankful that that Paul, even though he was not Uh, along with the twelve during the time of Christ's ministry. I'm thankful, as Paul said, as one that was born out of time, I'm thankful that God caused the Apostle Paul to uh, see the light on the road to Damascus. Could you imagine our Bible without the books that Paul wrote? Uh, What an amazing man, what an amazing character of his Christianity. This was not a fellow who just spoke the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, or claimed to be a Christian, but this was a man who every moment of every day lived with every fiber of his being. And it seemed to me that as Paul went through his life, not that he was a perfect man, but it seemed that every day that I would, uh, as I would read through his books and see as he progressed in his own Christian growth, that every day he was drawing more and more uh, uh, close to the Lord Jesus Christ. He was having more and more of a desire, if that could even be possible with the Apostle Paul, to see the Gospel be preached and to fill the whole world. To be able to have every person hear the wonderful news of the Lord Jesus Christ. So much so that Paul did not resent the trials. In fact, he said that he began to rejoice in the tribulations that were brought his way. And I think Paul understood something that oftentimes we maybe just don't think about. And that is this that the more trials and the more tribulations that came his way by serving the Lord and for the reason of serving the Lord, meant that that was that much more of the Gospel that was being preached. That was that many more people that were hearing the Gospel message. And to Paul, it was worth it. It was worth it. As we read down through the first part of this this, this chapter as he opens the book of Romans, he starts by saying he was called, according to the Lord Jesus Christ, to be an apostle. But I want you to notice verse number 4. He says, "...and declared..." Uh, I'm sorry, verse number 3. Uh, did I get the right one? I'm sorry. No, verse number 6. There we go. I'm sorry. I had the wrong verse written down. He says, "...among whom, also, whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ." Can I encourage us in this? Sometimes I think we get the idea that some of these men that we read about in Scripture, maybe some of the men we read about in history that did monumental things for the Lord Jesus Christ... I'm talking about men who did such great works and saw so many people come to know Christ as Savior. Great revivalists, great evangelists, great preachers of the gospel. I think we look at them and we say, I could never be one of them. God, God must have done something special with them. Can I encourage us in this today? God has wants to do something special with you. God puts a call on every person's life. You say, well, what is that call? Well, he tells us here as we go down to verse number six, he says, among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called, here's, it, here's what he's calling us to, called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what God has called to every person to trust him as their Savior. John said in John chapter 3 that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten so that whosoever believeth in Him should not be, uh, perish but have everlasting life. God has made salvation available to every single person. If you're sitting here today and you say, Pastor, I don't know if I died right now that I'd go to heaven. Can I tell you this? God sure has called you. He's made, He's made His gift of salvation available to each and every one of us. Every one of us are called to be saints. Can I tell you this? We're also called, because we are saints, to do His work. Notice he goes on to say this. He says in verse number 7, "...to all that be enrolled, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ." First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is what? Spoken of throughout the what? The whole world. Can, Can I encourage us in this? Not only are we called to be saved... Every single one of us are called to do a work for the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, I'm encouraged by this. He says, I, I hear of your faith. He says, everywhere I go, I hear of your faith. I wonder what would be said of my faith if I traveled to uh, another state or another place here in the United States and somebody says, well, have you heard of Greg Moore, Or have you heard of Keith Heights Baptist Church? Or have you heard of, and you can name any member of our church. I wonder if people would say, boy, I've heard of their faith. There's something extraordinary there. These folks are pressing, they're they're diligent, they're working, they're laboring. Their faith is is such that it's heard of throughout the whole world. Paul said this in verse number 8. He says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. That's That's quite a statement, isn't it? Now, I understand and I know that the world was a lot smaller then as far as the number of people that were in it. Can I tell you this? Their testimony was such and their living of the life that God had for them and their service to God was such that the diligence of their faith, the pursuit after God, was noted even by those that were not saved. They looked at it and said, boy, there's something different. There's something unique about these people. They trusted Christ as their Savior. Their faith is such that it was spoken of throughout the whole world. And notice he says in verse number 9, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making requests, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you, for I long to see you, that I may impart you some spiritual gift, to the end ye may be established. I've often wondered, well, I wonder what spiritual gift Paul was trying to impart, and I think he answers that for us. He says in verse number 12 that is that I may comfort be comforted together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. Can I encourage us in this that God, I believe, makes fellowship in the faith a spiritual gift. Something that is given to each and every one of us. Something there there's something precious about it, isn't there? We've been called to be saved. We've been called to serve and to have faith and to press toward the mark. I believe that God intends for you and I to fellowship in that faith. We're to undergird each other. We're to pray for each other. We're to want to and long to be around each other and to share things with each other. He goes on to say this in verse number number 13, and we're almost to the point of getting to the message here. Now, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oft times I purposed to come to you, but was let, the word let here means hindered, Let, hitherto, we use that in a different way today, and so I felt like we need to make sure we understood the old English usage of the word let meant to restrain or to hinder. But was let hereto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. Now I want you to notice this as we get to verse number 15. But as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Now understand, Paul is getting close to the end of his ministry. He's been in shipwrecks. He has been beaten. Uh, He has been cast into jail and into prison. He has been mocked. He has been stoned. He has been ridiculed. Not for doing wrong, but for doing what he believed God called him to do, which was to preach... The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've not always had religious liberty in our world. In fact, the United States is an experiment in religious liberty, if you will. And only for the last hundred or so years, even in the United States of America, have we had really any type of religious liberty. To be able to take the Word of God and to preach it as God deals with our consciences and to have the absolute liberty to proclaim the Word of God without fear of persecution. And here's Paul, if you can kind of get the idea behind him, here's Paul who has gone through a lot of suffering. He's gone through a lot of trials. He's gone through a lot of persecution. And I've said it before that when there is religious liberty, there seems to be a lackluster of Christianity. And that persecution often sharpens the edge of the Christian sword. It causes us to gain more boldness. It causes us to gain more uh, more steadfastness. There's a purifying effect that persecution brings. And Paul makes this statement in verse number thirteen. And I want verse number fifteen. And I want us to see this. He makes this statement. So as much as in me is, I am ready. As much as in me is, I am ready. I have not run a marathon, you can tell by looking that at me and telling that I have not run a marathon. I've had a desire in my lifetime, hopefully one day, to run a 5K. I would love to do that. But I have watched as some of these folks that have run marathons, and they do it in earnest. They don't do it like us fat people do. Uh, they do it in earnest, and they get out there, and I mean, they run hard. You ever watch them in that last three or 400 meters in agony? Have you ever watched them? I mean, their faces are nagging. Some of them can't even hardly put one foot in front of the other. Their muscles are cramping so badly. And they see the finish line. And if they have to, they'll get on their hands and knees and they'll crawl. And I've watched them do it. I've watched where their legs gave out from under them crawling and they put their elbows on the ground and began dragging themselves to the finish line because they saw the line was right there. It's just right there. I want to finish. And I think of that as I think of what Paul says here about preaching the gospel. He says, as much as in me is, I would say that that would be similar to saying, with every ounce of energy that I have, with every amount of health that I have, with every amount of boldness with that I have, with all the resources at my disposal, with all the strength and the intellect and all of the things that God has so blessed my life with, I want to give it all to try to reach people with the gospel. Paul was not a fair day, a fair weather Christian. As he gets to this portion, he shares his heart with those at Rome. He says, I hope you understand this. He said, I want so much to preach to you also. I want with every fiber of my being. Well, Paul, you might be stoned again. I don't care. I want to preach the Gospel. Well, Paul, you might be thrown in jail again. I don't care. I want to preach the Gospel. Well, Paul, you might be ridiculed by your friends. You might be spoken about on on Facebook. And and you might be shunned by people that you love. You might lose family members and friends of yours that won't even talk to you anymore. Paul says, I don't care. As much... As in me is. With every ounce that I've got, I'm going to run to the last step. And if I stumble and fall, then I'll crawl with the last ounce of energy I have. And if I can no longer crawl, then I'll take my elbows and pull myself along till I get to that finish line. We've been called. You and I have been called. Except, Brother Greg, what have I been called to? We've been called to take this blessed book and to share it with a lost world. The message of the cross has been entrusted. The most precious thing that God has in this earth is the message of the Gospel. And He put that in my hands and He put that in your hands. What are we doing with it? I, 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 a few years ago, decided I was going to lose some weight. You can tell it's worked really well. I had read an article of a fellow that was like me, and uh, he said one day he looked out at the mailbox, he said, I couldn't even walk out to the mailbox, I was so heavy, and the lack of energy. so I sat on the couch eating potato chips and couldn't hardly move. He said, one day I decided I'm just going to get up and walk out to the mailbox and back. He said, I did that for two or three days. And he said, I got out to the mailbox one day and decided, you know what? Uh, I can walk probably to my neighbor's mailbox. And he said, I started walking to my neighbor's mailbox and back. He said, I did that for a few weeks. He said, I noticed I could walk probably half of the block now. He said, I started walking half the block. In three months, the man went from the couch to running a 5K marathon, a 5K run. I'm saying that to say this. Some of us are sitting on the couch, spiritually speaking, and we don't know how to start. Get up and walk to the mailbox. He said, Pastor, I can't get up and preach great revivals and see people saved. Then hand out a tract. Give a gospel to somebody, a gospel scripture to somebody. Oh Lord willing, here soon we're going to be able to hand out scriptures. We've ordered them; they're on back order. Start by inviting somebody to church. Come be my friend. Would you be my guest? Come sit with me in church this week. I'd be glad to have you there at my church with us. I, I kind of I help you with something on this. And I don't—I'm not trying to. People need to know you care. If you invite somebody to church, don't just say we'd love to have you come visit sometime. They want to know you care. Tell them, man, would you come sit with me in church Sunday? I'd sure love to have you there. Let them know you care about them. Paul, he says, as much as within me is, every fiber of my being, every ounce of strength that I have, he says, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome. There were some hindrances, obvious hindrances that come up. I've talked to people. I've preached to people. I've had to battle this in my own life sometimes. I'm an introvert. I've told you all that by nature. I am an introvert. I do not like meeting new people. I don't like talking to new people. I just want to crawl in the hole and leave me alone. And that's the kind of personality I am. It's hard for me sometimes to reach out to somebody that I've never met before. Notice what Paul says here. Verse number 16, he says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I don't know if Paul, everything I understand about his personality, I don't think he was an introvert. I certainly don't believe that. But if there was any, any type of anxiety or fear that Paul had, it was conquered by understanding the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and the urgency with which it needed to be preached. He got to the place where he realized that there were people that were lost and dying. There were people out there that if they didn't hear the gospel from him, they weren't going to hear it. And he said, I'm not ashamed of the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are times that I'm embarrassed to talk to somebody personally, but the Word of God and the message of the cross is of such importance that it makes it easier to go and talk to them about it. Because it's not not something that I'm trying to get them to like me. I'm trying to get them to hear the Word of God. I'm trying to get them to hear the message of salvation. And so he talks about this, that there's a boldness, there's a confidence that comes. When there's a willingness to go. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first. And also to the Greek. For therein. What do you mean therein, Paul? In the gospel. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. There's only one way to get to heaven. There's only one way to be justified from our sins. And that is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul spoke and commended the folks. He says, your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. He says, but I want you to know something. I'm ready to come and preach with everything I've got. When I get done, I will be exhausted. I will have done everything I could. My body may not have much left in it, but I will have done all I could. I believe that's how Paul got to the end of his life and said, I have finished my course. He said, I've run the race. I've finished my course. I have kept the faith. Why? Because he had given every ounce he could. I wonder, have we given every ounce we could? We strain and we struggle for so many things in our lives. How about struggling and straining for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ? How about putting forth the effort to getting the gospel out to those that need to hear? Well, Pastor, I'm shy, I can't talk to people. Yeah, but I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They may not like me, they may not like my personality, but they need to hear the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Can I encourage us in this today? Can I charge us in this today? Can I, can I throw this as a, as a challenge from God's Word today? Are we willing to give it all to Him? King David in the Old Testament sinned a sin. It wasn't unusual for David. He, he was a mess sometimes. But he went and he numbered the nation of Israel, something God had told them not to do. He said, you're not supposed to number Israel. He said, I'll fight your battles for you. You don't need to know how many armies you have. We'll take care of it. And God came to David and He judged David. And He said, you've sinned. He said, I'm going to give you a choice of three punishments, and he gave him three different punishments to choose from. The final one, and the one that David chose, was to be uh, have the pestilence of the Lord for three days. The judgment of God upon it. He said he didn't want to fall into the hands of his enemies, and he would rather put his hand, himself and the people in the hands of a merciful God. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord came through the nation of Israel and slew 70,000 men. That's a lot of men. He came and was at the city of Jerusalem getting ready to destroy the men in it. And God told the angel, He said, it is enough. It's enough. And David is on Mount Moriah. He's looking out over Jerusalem and he sees the angel... Of the Lord with his sword drawn, hovering over the city. He comes to a man by the name of Ornan. Ornan had a threshing floor up on Mount Moriah. David went to him and he said, "I need to. I need to make a sacrifice to the Lord." He said, "Would you sell me this land and give me your oxen, allow me to buy your oxen?" And I love what Ornan said. He said. I give it all. Take the instruments even. Whatever you need, King. It's all yours. Every bit of it. David wouldn't allow him to give it. He still purchased it for a price. But can I encourage us in this? I love the spirit of Ornan, don't you? You can have it all. You can have every bit of it. I wonder if when Paul gets a little further in his letter to the Romans here. I wonder if he was thinking of this when he said in chapter number 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's not even extraordinary say, Pastor, I'd be a fanatic if I served God that way. If I gave every ounce of strength, if I gave all of my time and all of my resources to do it, I'd be looked at as fanatical. No, you'd just be looked at as reasonable. Reasonable. We've got very little time left. Are we ashamed of the gospel of Christ? Is that what's holding us back? Too embarrassed? Maybe we're just too focused on ourselves and what we want. Too busy doing things that we enjoy, we love. We don't have time to serve the Lord. Maybe we're too entangled with the affairs of this life. Maybe the old nature of the pull of the world, the enticement of the world, maybe it has too strong a hold on us. What is it going to take for us to get to a place that we could see the Apostle Paul was at? Where he said, so as much as within me is, as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel. Could we say, as Ornan, I give it all? When David, when he was a young shepherd boy, went to visit his brothers who were fighting the Philistine army. The story of David and Goliath. Eliab, his eldest brother, came to him and said, You naughty boy, what have you done? You left all those sheep in the wilderness and nobody to tend them? What are you doing here? He was ridiculed. His own brother. You know what the Bible says? It says he turned and spake again after the same manner. Asking what would be done to the man who would go out and fight the giant. David was not deterred by the criticism of his brother. What is it that is keeping us from doing the work of the Lord in such a way that Paul spoke of here? Are we too self-consumed? Are we too enthralled with the things of this world, too enamored with them? Maybe we're too embarrassed. Maybe we do not like being rejected or criticized by others. Could we ever get to the place like Paul says? I'm ready. Bring it on. If persecution is required, then so be it. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to make sure that everybody that I come in contact with knows. I wonder if we could get to that place spiritually. You say, well, I don't know if I can do it. Well, get up off the couch and go to the Go to the mailbox first. And once you've done that a time or two, then go a little further. Do a little more. And once you do that, go a little bit further. One day you'll turn around and say, Wow, it's amazing what God has allowed me to do in serving Him. Do we have the heart? Do we have the heart? Let's stand together, shall we? Heads bowed and eyes closed, and we don't have a piano here, so if God has spoken your heart, the altars are open, you're welcome to come. If you'd like to pray in your seat, that is fine too, but we'll give a few moments of silent prayer. You're allowed to come to the altar if you'd like, or pray there at your seats, but if God has spoken in your heart, would you come this morning?